It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome in to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. The Golden Knights fall for the first time this season to the Chicago Blackhawks. 4-3 to three is the final in overtime. Vegas does pull a point out of this one. 7-0-1 oh, on the year. 15 points. And to help us uh, break this one down, we go back to the radio booth, bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And, you know, there's a couple of places you can look at in this game, Dan, where, you know, certainly Chicago kind of wrestles back momentum from the Golden Knights, but the biggest story to me is the turnovers, the the puck management, just not where it needed to be for the Golden Knights in this game, and, you know, you you see that on the third and fourth goal for Chicago. Yeah, there were not as many clean breakouts today. We know that the Blackhawks have been challenged by their head coach, Luke Richardson, who essentially said, and, and I heard Ashley tell you this on the pregame show, Ryan, that mm-hmm. essentially, if you're not going to compete in a game, I'm going to make you compete in practice Yeah, and hope that it would carry over. They had been shut out in two of their three losses, 4 nothing in Colorado, then a 5-3 loss against Vegas, and then 3 nothing against the Bruins. The last two of those three were at home. So here they come, try to get some revenge, and uh, they get it, and they were hard on pucks. It was a very good start for Vegas, but you know, the Blackhawks settled in, and they were opportunistic. Again, those two goals on consecutive shots. And then uh, there was a lot of trench warfare. There were not a whole heap load of scoring chances in the second period. And, you know, the dam sort of burst there when Theodore gave the puck away to Taylor Radish minute 11 into the third. Now, Shea responded to get that goal back. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seemed like the Knights' offensive zone prowess did not take hold until they were trailing. And as we have talked about, and Brett Howden told us on the pregame show, what's cool about this team, he told us, was uh, that even though they have been playing well, they're not satisfied. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to manufacture that. We'll carry an echo that you can't, you know, manufacture, uh, you know, that motivation every game for 60 minutes. The Knights have managed to pull out seven wins and now 15 points out of a possible 16. So it doesn't get... (laughs) <laughs> Much better than that. Uh, so it's just a matter of a close call. You know, they didn't get blown out today. Yeah. You know, they could have won today's game. And because it was that close and because they had an early lead, you feel like that they should have won. They did not take over the third period as they have in recent games. Uh, they had to fight just to get it to overtime. And, yeah, you look at some of the little plays that were giveaways that led right to Chicago goals. But if you go back and you check out the Vegas giveaways or the passes, that were challenged, broken up, led to the Chicago Blackhawks going the other way, the Blackhawks takeaways. They're numbers that are, you know can be objective. Every building is a bit different in how it tracks giveaways and takeaways and so on. But just by watching the game, not even pointing to the exact numbers, you could see that the Blackhawks challenged a lot of those passes, and the Knights simply you know could not adjust to that sort of competitiveness. You know, it... it you, I, I think you're looking at this one as you know a situation where the Golden Knights, when they're on their game, they're they're incredibly good. But there have been pockets inside of each of the last four games, really, for the Golden Knights, where where they they've had kind of lulls inside of the game. They've been able to correct it more often than not. Not able to do it today. Do you do you think that maybe that gets the attention of the Golden Knights, or at least it, as you know, we kind of been asking Bruce Cassidy, are you able to teach the moment a little bit more now that it results in a loss? I think that they spent some time with that at practice yesterday. As Bruce told us on the pregame show, it was a day off on Wednesday following the Tuesday game. 
And then, um, you know, we were wondering, would they have a morning skate tomorrow? That It is on the schedule for an 11 a.m. skate at Crypto.com Arena. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, um, you know, maybe that would have been an optional had they won. Now that they've lost, maybe they take advantage of that. 7.30 game. Normally, you don't have a morning skate when you play on consecutive days, but this was an afternoon game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Plus, it's a very short walk from the team hotel to the arena. It's not a long bus ride as it is in some other places. So, um, you know, perhaps. You know, you also throw in a couple of wrinkles today. Of course, Dorofiev scores that goal back in the first period, and you welcome the offense from Dorofiev, but the player who you lose in the lineup is Nicholas Waugh. And, you know, Nick is not going to make highlight reels like Jack Eichel, but he's an invaluable piece of this group, and um, I think that his absence is missed a little bit. You're going to use him in situations where Dorofiev will not be used. Um, and then on the blue line, it's Petrangelo's first game back after missing five. It did not appear to be the sharpest Petrangelo performance of um, his Golden Knights tenure. That's not to say he was bad, but, you know, we have seen Alex uh, play at a higher level. And that's going to happen when you've only played two regular season games and you miss five. And the reason you missed five is because you got a puck in the head for the first time in your career. Yeah. So uh, it just, you know, then we talked about the minutes with Theodore and, you know, how he was getting so many minutes in Petrangelo's absence. You know, that wasn't quite the same today. So yeah. just it, it just uh, seemed to me that the balance was just a little bit off and maybe a confluence of those circumstances led to uh, the Knights coming up short today. Yeah, so it, kind of looking at all of those things, do you think the short turnaround helps Vegas now that you just you go right back to work tomorrow night? I think it does because of who the opponent is. Yeah. Given that it's the L.A. Kings that and who knows what happens today, their game is not until 7 o'clock Pacific time in Arizona and you know the Knights face the Kings in the preseason it's testy it usually is Kings right now are uh, just a point behind the Canucks in the Pacific Division standings now they have half as many points as the Knights have but you get the idea it's, it regard, it's, it's early you know the standings are today what they are what it'll look like in a couple of months is another story but you know that the, the the Kings and the Knights have that original rivalry that will always be there. Many of the components are still part of it, even though many have changed. So I think that, as Bruce Cassidy and his players have pointed out, but Bruce in particular, this team plays to the level of its opponent. Sometimes that's bad. (laughs) Sometimes that can be really good. And I would surmise that playing again tomorrow against a division opponent with whom you have a pretty good rivalry is the exact kind of opponent you'd want to have after this game. Yeah, well said there, Dan. Uh, Have a good rest of your night. Thanks for jumping on here, and we'll chat tomorrow. Thanks, Ryan. Sounds good. Happy Nevada Day. Happy Nevada Day to you. That is the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, helping us break down a 4-3 loss to the Chicago Blackhawks in overtime. We're back with more on the VGK postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Make your next family outing extra special and save some money with a family four-pack available now on VegasGoldenKnights.com. This offer includes tickets, hot dogs, and drinks, and is available for family-friendly matinee games. It's the VGK postgame show, the Golden Knights Ball, for the first time this season, 4-3 in overtime to the Chicago Blackhawks. Vegas now 7-0-1. 15 points on the year 
next in action tomorrow night, 7.30 in Los Angeles against the Kings. I think that that's important here. It, you know, as we just talked about with Dan Duva, and I do think that this, this matters, you've got Los Angeles, rivalry type of atmosphere, a team in L.A. that's very, very good, and the Golden Knights are going to have to raise to the level of their opponent. And I think that that's important as you're going through you know, the early part of the season, defending a Stanley Cup championship. Everything's gone particularly well for the Golden Knights. You rattle off seven wins in a row. Like That's important. That's big. You bank those points. You're not going to apologize for that. But you know, the fact of the matter is, if you're the Golden Knights, you've got to play better. And we, we've seen that over the course of the last couple of games. Like, you know, certainly against Philadelphia. That game could have gone either way. The Golden Knights were, were certainly lucky to kind of pull that one out late. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, if the Golden Knights want to continue to kind of go through stretches where they're dominant, they're going to have to play better or at least get closer to a 60-minute game. As Will Carrier said during, the, during the, the game, it's hard. It's not easy to play a perfect game in this league. It's hard to win in the National Hockey League, but you do have to get closer and closer and closer to a 60-minute game, and I think that's really what the Golden Knights are going to be looking to do, at least in part tomorrow night against Los Angeles. The post-game injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. Alex Petrangelo returned to the lineup tonight for the Golden Knights. As you know, we just talked about with Dan Duva, a bit rusty there for Petrangelo. It's to be expected. You, you, you think that you know, you're going to get a player back into the lineup. He's going to be exactly who he was before he left the lineup. And you know, maybe in the middle of the season, that's something that you'll see. But you know, take into account that Alex Petrangelo only played two games prior to getting back into this one. So uh, to me, the rust was to be expected. He's going to be better for it tomorrow and certainly better for it as the season wears on. But it, it was not the, the sharpest game from Alex Petrangelo on the blue line for the Golden Knights. And then, obviously, the big, uh, the other big story when it comes to injuries is Nick Waugh. How long is he going to be out? Not expected to play tomorrow night in Los Angeles. So, you know, I would imagine, at least up front for the Golden Knights, it's going to be pretty similar to what we saw this afternoon against Chicago. So for Vegas, they're going to have to find a little bit more consistency, uh, a little bit more rollover in terms of their four lines going into Los Angeles tomorrow night against the Los Angeles Kings. But again... You'll take 15 points out of eight games. It's as good a start as you could possibly have without being eight and up. And you know, I know, I know that you know. You look at this one, and you look at the opponent in Chicago, and you say, well, if you just play your game, you're going to come out of here with two points, and that makes a lot of sense. But you got to give a lot of credit to the Blackhawks. They battled, and they battled really, really hard in this game. And you know what? Got to give them stick taps. Like they found a way to win. The Golden Knights puck management not where it needed to be. And unfortunately, it ends up in the first loss of the year for the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's go back to the highlights. We'll go back to the first period. We talked about fast start. You know, we talked about Pavel Dorofiev getting back into the lineup for the Golden Knights. And it didn't take him long to make an impact as Dorofiev scored his first of the year 90 seconds into the game. Two-on-two battle in the corner. Carlson away with it. Springs a two-on-one. Amadio with Dorofiev. Amadio centered. Score! Dorofiev tips it home. Vegas takes a one-nothing lead. Happy birthday, Pavel Dorofiev. Pavel Dorofiev from Michael Amadio and William Carlson. One minute, 35 seconds into the game makes it one-to-nothing Vegas. And the Golden Knights extended their lead just over two minutes later as William Carlson deflected Shea Theodore's point shot home. 
Emanio has the puck behind the goal. Stepping toward the near corner. Banks it out high. McNabb to the right. One-timer. Score! Jay Theodore from high on the right side. Picks up from where he left off last game. Vegas leads 2-0. Just four minutes into the game. Third of the year for Will Carlson from Shea Theodore and Braden McNabb. 352 of the first period makes it 2 to nothing Vegas. And it looked like the Golden Knights were in complete control, but the Blackhawks battled back as Ryan Donato cut, got Chicago on the board. A point shot high and wide from defenseman Wyatt Kaiser. Another chance, they score on the rebound. Out in front, Ryan Donato slams it home. And Chicago now trails 2-1. Ryan Donato from Corey Perry and Wyatt Kaiser made it 2-1. to one. Let's go to Bruce Cassidy as he addresses the media. Bingo, it's Las Vegas region. Bruce, it looked like you guys were all over them to start. Got up 2-0. I guess what changed once you guys got that lead? Um, I don't know because it was such a quick lead that I don't, you know, we would have to let it play out for a while and if we were dominant. But we just got the early lead and, and, um, so certainly, I didn't think we were dominant doing it, but we finished. And then I just thought we mismanaged pucks all night. Um, I think most of their offense came from a lot of our kind of, we had some no-look backhand passes. And didn't execute other ones, misfired on other ones. So, you know, just lack of, we did not execute at an NHL level for most of the night and end up catching up to us. So it happens sometimes and tonight was one of those nights or afternoons. Go to Jesse then, Chris. <clears throat> Hi Bruce, Jesse Granger at The Athletic. It might be kind of the same answer, but um, on the power play, specifically the entries, what do you that want to see more of? That would clearly define what we did on the, we didn't execute an NHL level in the power play. Um, you know, and then when we weren't able to do that, we didn't dummy it down and just put numbers at the net and put pucks there and hope you get, you know, one of those greasy ones. So, you know, that was obviously a problem. That's why our numbers on it were, you know, we, we, well, we didn't produce on it. I mean, to cut you off, but that's, you know, that was probably the biggest area we didn't execute. Chris. Chris Golick, Vegas Hockey. Now, Coach, uh, what was the messaging from the team between the second and third period, and was it any different than what the messaging would have been on Tuesday against Philadelphia? The messaging from the team or... Like how you address the team? Uh, I don't. I don't want to go back. So I'll say today. Uh, we all we talked about was puck management. It doesn't matter if you don't manage the puck. Doesn't matter who you're playing in this league. Players can hurt you. Teams can score goals. So if you make them work a little harder to score, that's where some teams will be better than others. If you mismanage pucks and give them easy opportunities, a lot of guys will take advantage, including Chicago. They did tonight. Full value for it. So that was basically the message to manage the puck better. Go to Chris Chapman. Chris Chapman, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Bruce, with a quick turnaround, obviously game tomorrow night. How do you maybe balance making sure these guys are rem remnant of the fact that they're not going to do what they did tonight and then just be able to go out and play their game tomorrow? Well, we're a mature team. I'm, I'm sure our guys can look in the mirror and realize they weren't very good tonight, especially the guys we rely on. Um, a little more than others, so they got to put it behind them. It's one of 82. They, that's what I'd hope they'd think, but let's not do it again. Let's not repeat it. Um, division rival. Um, we haven't seen a lot of those this year, so that, that should get our attention right away. And most times when you don't have your best, most good teams want a remedy in a hurry, right? They, they have pride, so that's what I'll 
assume will go through their heads tomorrow, that they'll want to kind of be better than they were today just, just because they're professionals. Last call for Bruce. All right, thanks, Coach. Thank you. That was Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media after today's 4-3 overtime loss to the Chicago Blackhawks. We were just in the middle of highlights. Ryan Donato had just scored for the Chicago Blackhawks 13 minutes, 20 seconds into the first period to make it 2-1. Vegas, then Connor Bedard tied the game just over a minute later. Right to Vlasic in front, fires to center. Marcheseau slows the entry. Now Bedard in front, he scores! Good with the puck that time. Perfectly placed shot. Connor Bedard ties it 2-2. 5.21 to go in the first period. Connor Bedard from Nick Foligno and Alex Vlasic. 14.39 of the first period ties the game at 2. There would be no scoring in the second period, so that 2-2 game would carry over into the third, and the Blackhawks took the lead for the first time today when Taylor Radish stripped Shea Theodore of the puck and beat Aiden Hill 1 minute and 11 seconds into the third period. He goes to the bench and look out, a giveaway, a shot, score! Taylor Radish puts Chicago in the lead. Theodore was coming back to his own zone, not secure with the puck. Pocket picked by Taylor Radish. Chicago has its first lead of the day. Taylor Radish unassisted, 111 of the third period makes it 3-2 Chicago. But Shea Theodore would make amends for that turnover and tie the game just past the midway point of the period. Still a chance for the Knights. Theodore back and forth. Theodore shoots. He scores! Theodore ties it. 3-3. 8.32 to go third period. A couple of good looks for the Knights. Theodore back and forth with Jack Eichel on the right wing. Theodore with goals in consecutive games. This one makes it all even again. Shea Theodore from Jack Eichel, 11-28 of the third period, ties the game at three. And though both teams would have their chances late in the third period, we'd head to overtime. William Carlson was called for a trip on Connor Bedard early in OT, and Philip Kurashev snapped the Golden Knights' win streak with his first goal of the season. Bedard feeds the goal line. Mishandled by Perry, he goes to the corner. McNabb pulls it away, launches it out high, but it goes right to Kurashev. Straight on, he pulls it, shoots, he scores! Kurashev wins it! The Chicago Blackhawks and the Golden Knights, their first loss of the season. It comes in overtime. Final score, Chicago 4, Vegas 3. Philip Kurashev, power play goal, 2 minutes 50 seconds into overtime, gives Chicago the 4-3 victory over the Vegas Golden Knights and snaps the win streak to start the year for the defending Stanley Cup champions. Vegas now 7-0-1 on the year, 15 points, and next in action tomorrow night, 7.30 puck drop in Los Angeles against the Kings. We're back with more on the VGK postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Welcome back to the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 4-3 in overtime to the Chicago Blackhawks. Vegas 7-0-1, 15 points on the year. Next in action tomorrow night, 7-30 in Los Angeles against the Kings. You heard from Bruce Cassidy. The key takeaway there is that 
you know, they, the Golden Knights, as, as Bruce said, did not execute in, in, at an NHL level in the game tonight. And, and to be honest, like, listen, we were talking about turnovers, puck management, first intermission. And it just it wasn't something that the Golden Knights corrected. And Bruce talked specifically about, you know, backhand, blind passes, up the middle of the ice. And then, you know, you look at the fact that the final two goals for the Chicago Blackhawks are unassisted goals. And, you know, again, Shea Theodore makes amends for his turnover that, that leads to the 3-2 goal for, for Taylor Radish. And you like to see a player in that moment respond the way that Theodore did. But, you know, again, you kind of look at the, the overtime period. It's, it's a tough break for the Golden Knights. William Carlson called for a penalty. So automatically you're, you're down your best penalty killer, at least from a forward perspective. And it's the first time all night long that you're called for a penalty. And it happens to be with a, a ton of open ice for Chicago to kind of work things around and, and get themselves the look that they're the, the look that they want. Now, both Braden McNabb and Alex Petrangelo had an opportunity to just rip that puck down the ice and clear the zone and boy would the Golden Knights have needed it at that point. We we're, you know, minute and a half into the into the penalty kill. Chandler Stevenson needed a change. Like all of those things are true, but Philip Kurashev makes a great play. He's able to hold the line. He's able to step into open ice, and he beats Aiden Hill. Corey Perry right there on the doorstep with the screen. So, you know, that play, you look at it over and over and over again. There's opportunities for the Golden Knights to kind of make life easier on themselves over the course of this game. Obviously, you jump out to a 2 nothing lead. You expect that to be able to carry you through, and it just didn't. Chicago, full marks to them. They battled, and they battled hard. Make their their head coach Luke Richardson very happy, but for the Golden Knights, I mean, you know, you look at the turnovers. That's certainly one thing you're looking at. You look at the power play, 0 for four, and you know, you, like, you go back to the third power play opportunity for the Golden Knights. At least they were generating looks, and we haven't talked about kind of power plays that suck momentum from you. the The fourth power play for the Golden Knights. It sucked momentum, I think, out of their offensive game. And when that happens, it becomes a little bit more difficult to turn things on, even at 5-on-5. Five five. So uh, while I talked about how important special teams were for the Golden Knights going into this game, uh, this was a, another spot where you know you, you wanted something, you had opportunities, and, and it just didn't cash in for you. And ultimately, it cost you a point in the standings by virtue of an overtime loss to the Chicago Blackhawks. We're back to wrap it up next on the VGK postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Welcome back to the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 4-3 in overtime to the Chicago Blackhawks. Vegas 7-0-1, 15 points on the year. Next in action tomorrow night, 7-30 in Los Angeles against the Kings. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. 2-0 lead early for the Golden Knights, first four and a half minutes of the game. And it really felt like Vegas was in control. They were in the offensive zone. They were finding lanes. Everything was going well. And then puck management comes back to bite them, right? Like, you look at the plays in which Chicago scored. You look at the plays and how things kind of broke down for the Golden Knights. It was almost exclusively 
the Golden Knights coughing a puck up, and whether or not the goal happened immediately after or whether or not the goal took a couple of minutes or a couple of seconds to, to materialize, the fact of the matter is, more often than not, the Golden Knights had control and they could have made different plays to get out of zones, and it didn't happen. Chicago, full marks to them. They took advantage of those turnovers. And for the Golden Knights, the biggest key takeaway here is that the execution has to be higher tomorrow night against Los Angeles. You've got to find another gear. You've got to find your game for larger stretches inside of 60 minutes. You're never going to have a perfect game, but you have to get closer to it if you're the Golden Knights going into L.A. tomorrow. That's going to do it for us here on the VGK Post Game Show. Extended Post Game Show is next. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network postgame show. For the station staying on for more game highlights, interviews, and your phone calls coming up next at 702-876-1340. Good night, and thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 4-3 the final. The Golden Knights lose to Chicago in overtime. 702-876-1340. 702 876-1340. First time all season long, the Golden Knights do not pull two points out of a game. And on the whole, like if you look at the way the game was played, that's the correct outcome. And you know, for Vegas, the start of the year was so fantastic. 3-0, and banner raising, defending a Stanley Cup, like all those things, goodwill, you, you, you love... You love that aspect of the start to the season for the Golden Knights. Most wins ever for a defending Stanley Cup champion to start the year. You love that from Vegas too. But the last couple of games, like I'll lump Philadelphia into this one as well, there were larger stretches inside of those games where the Golden Knights did not play to their level, to their standard. It almost cost them against Philadelphia. It didn't cost them today cost them against Chicago. And so you got to give a lot of credit to the Blackhawks. They were able to work and work and work. And for the Golden Knights, you got to learn a lesson here. Turn the page quickly and find your game tomorrow night against Los Angeles. 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. I want to hear from you. Let me know what you thought of this afternoon's game and what you think the Golden Knights need to improve on going into tomorrow night's game. 702-876-1340. Let's go out to the phone lines, bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Well, I want to mention three non-Golden Knights, and I want to obviously find out if you know anything about one of them. Uh, the, the efforts by Riley Smith getting his third and fourth goals of the season, certainly exciting, and I wish him the best. Jonathan Quick, you just put your hand in your head in your hands and go, "Are you kidding?" He pitched a shutout. Yeah, that's really good stuff. And, and then, of course, Eric Brandstrom. Do you know anything about his status? I don't. Okay. 
And he was carried off the ice in Ottawa last night, and we're all concerned our prayers are with him, and hopefully everything's okay. But um, besides that, this afternoon was an exercise in learning about yourself. And I think the lesson we learned is you don't take anyone for granted, not in, under any circumstances, wherever you're playing, whoever you're playing. Why do you think a team loses its focus and intensity early in a game like that? Um, I mean, I, I think that there's a couple of, of aspects to it, right? Like everything's going in for you early on, so you almost get the sense that everything's going to continue to go in for you. And I, I don't know if, if you just kind of lose sight of it or if you exhale a little bit because you're up to nothing. You feel pretty good about where things are and, and, and how it's going, and you, you just you take your foot off the pedal a little bit. But you know the other aspect of it, too, is there's, there's not just one team on the ice, right? Like, as much as the Golden Knights mismanage pucks, you've got to give Chicago a lot of credit for getting into the passing lanes, making life difficult on the Golden Knights, not allowing them to come out of their own zone cleanly. It, it wasn't just the Golden Knights kind of shooting themselves in the foot here. It was Chicago working really hard to make sure that Vegas had a muddy track, and it worked. That's what I mean. No matter who you play, they're as focused as you should be, and you better remember that for 60 minutes or else it'll bite you. The uh, Sometimes I get a little frustrated, and I know that other fans have done that, uh, I don't know if it means anything. Jack Eichel, I think, still leads the league in shots taken, and he's had a fantastic start to his season. Mm-hmm. But I always think that when he gets the puck on a power play in that circle near the dot that he should shoot. Am no. I wrong there? No, you're not wrong. Um, okay. we, we are waiting for that to become the first option, right? Mm. Like When you hear Bruce Cassidy talk about the power play specifically, he's always talking about, quick decisions, moving pucks quickly, and trying to beat the coverage and, and open up the lanes by just making quicker decisions. And I think for Jack Eichel, his shot is so good that you want that to be one of the default options. And I think Jack's such a talented player that he's trying to open things up and find lanes for that tap-in goal. But sometimes you have to make the opposition respect the fact that you can rip one on, on goal and score from that spot. So, um, it's more, I think, a mindset than anything, but I do think that it's something you're you're hoping for and, and something you need to see for the Golden Knights power play to really take off. Yeah, I really get frustrated at times when he passes down into the slot or, or does something different with the puck. Uh, one more thing, please, no more wideouts. I look up at the screen once in a no, while no. and I think, no, 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 no. This is a this is a hill I will die on, Mike, and I don't care. <laughs> The home team Why? should be wearing white, period. Full stop, period, 100%. Home team should absolutely be wearing white. Like That is how hockey used to, to look when I was growing up watching the game. Um, I love every opportunity I get, and thanks for the call, uh, where the Golden Knights get to wear their white sweaters on, on home ice. So like I'm all for white sweaters, home ice, home team. That's what I want to see. It was a beautiful jersey matchup. Uh, tonight between Vegas and Chicago. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I know it was a loss, but I'm still doing pretty great. How are you doing, Ryan? Um, I'm I'm doing well. Like, I mean, I can't complain, right? Like, you're, you're taking 15 out of a possible 16 points. You'll take that for sure. Um, but why are why are you uh, why are you doing so well? 
Uh, my daughter was one of the mites out there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so she was one of the mites, um, so we got to do that experience again. I got to do it with my son a couple years ago. Um, I love that the organization puts this on, mm. um, getting to see the kids that are in the youth hockey here in Vegas go out there and, you know, get spotlighted playing on the ice where the Golden Knights won a Stanley Cup championship. Like, you can't yeah. ask for more than that. Yeah. Did, uh, did her team win? No, she was on the orange team, um, but she had a blast. Six miles going on the ice, six miles coming off the ice. Got a big picture with all of the mascots. It, it's just such a cool experience. So, you know, having fun at a hockey game. Go figure. Who would have thought? Exactly. Exactly. Like, it's, it's awesome that I love that the Knights are here, that, that we mm-hmm. have this. And, like, they did not play their best game, like, not even close to it, and to still score three goals and get a point out of overtime. Like, I can't even be mad. Mm-hmm. Even if my daughter hadn't been one of the mice, like, you can't be mad at that game. We still got a point out of it after a lot of sloppy play. So, yeah, you, just on to the next one. Perfect. Thanks so much for the call, Stephanie. Uh, I'm I'm with you in that, you know, you, you pull a point out of this one, so it's, it's a teachable moment, and I, I think the Golden Knights will be much better tomorrow night in Los Angeles against Kings. But it's not one of those situations where you don't get anything out of the game. And even though they didn't play well, they still get a point out of the game. You'll take that for sure. Uh, but it, it would have been a, a much sour, a much more sour taste in your mouth if the Golden Knights didn't come back in the third period, if they weren't able to get at least a point out of this one. So, you know, you'll take the point and you'll you'll move on and hopefully be better tomorrow night against Los Angeles. 702-876-1340, that's the number. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Bring in Rita. Hey, Rita, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing Okay. Um, I got two things. First, yeah. you received a tweet from some guy here mm-hmm. yeah. that's asking if the team was too lazy or too tired. Mm-hmm. All I got to say to him and everybody out there, anyone out there that says you go to your job and you give 100% every day, year after year for life, you're lying. They yeah. weren't there. They didn't have it. But they've had it for how long now? Seriously, it's going to happen. Now, second point, and I haven't had to say this in a very, very long time, but as we know, they're probably, the team's not happy, and there's nothing better than a pissed-off BGK. Yep. (laughs) Anyway, that's all I got. We got to move on. All right, great stuff, Rita. Um, that is that's one of your calling cards. It's almost a catchphrase for you on uh, on this program. So uh, well done, love the insight. And you're right. Like we we often lose sight, and I've said it many times over the course of the last five or six years. Hockey players are humans, and sometimes they're just not going to have their best. And you've got to be able to work through it. The fact you were able to pull a point out of it is is a good thing. But for the Golden Knights, they've got to regroup and, and refocus and get ready to go tomorrow night in Los Angeles against the Kings. 702-876-1340 is the number if you'd like to join us on the other side of the break. It's the extended postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Hey, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 4-3 the final. In overtime, Chicago defeats Vegas. Vegas 7-0-1, 15 points on the year. First loss 
of the season for the defending Stanley Cup champions. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Terry. Hey, Terry, how you doing? Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, boy, rough game. The uh, winning streak was super fun. Well, it was for me anyway. Hope for everybody. Super fun while it lasted, but uh, the night stuck uh, enough gaffes and weak clears and whiffs and stumbles and everything else into one game enough for two weeks. So uh, hopefully we bundled them all up into one game and can clear all that out and uh, play a good game in Los Angeles tomorrow. But my qu- I have two questions for you, uh, Ryan. I'll be disappointed. If you don't know these, uh, they are about the uniforming for the game. And in no way I'm uh, suggesting the uniform affected the outcome of the game. They, was there a reason or significance for the, the white jerseys today or no? They, they've always worn a white jersey on Nevada Day. Okay, that's yeah. just a Nevada Day thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, my second one is the, 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 the pewters from years gone by, are, is that is that a jersey anymore? Will we ever see that again, or is that gone? That that is uh, at least last season was utilized as a third jersey for the Golden Knights. I, I'm expecting that it'll still be a third jersey this season, so it'll be in in select games, but not certainly not as many as you're going to get the gold. Okay. Does Cassidy have a say in in the uniforming, or is the, that all determined by somebody else? No, you you kind of select ahead of time which games are going to be which jersey, um, and, and I don't think coaching has anything to do with that. So that that's all laid out in advance by yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. management team. Okay, because yeah. once in a while, once in a while, you'll hear him groan a little bit about the the, the wins and losses wearing the 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 Vegas throwbacks, which I like. Mm-hmm. So okay, all right. Well, uh, appreciate your work, always, gentlemen. Hopefully, uh, hopefully tomorrow we've seen the last of folks darting in behind us because that, that's usually what makes the nights good because no one ever does that. There was a few today, so hopefully no kings tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would love to see us pick up a couple more wins before that big game next Saturday against Colorado, which I'm looking forward to. Thanks, as always, Tim. Yeah, absolutely, Terry. Thank you so much for the call. Uh, let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Peter. Hey, Peter, how you doing? Hey, Ryan. I'm good, uh, and I don't share everybody's kind of pessimism or whatever. I, you know, we all knew they were going to drop a game sooner or later, and if, if you're going to drop a game, uh, it might, might as well be something like this. It wasn't a shutout. I don't think it was a blowout by any stretch, and you know, maybe we didn't play our best game, but if we were really that, this is how I feel having experienced the game today and then listening to, uh, you know, the media and everybody, uh, every, if, if we really played that badly, uh, maybe we should have been beaten by, you know, more than just one goal and we weren't. So I'm not as pessimistic about it. I think it, you know, we were going to lose and, and we still get a point out of it to boot. So, um, the other thing that was, was kind of just fun today was, uh, I don't. I don't know if they were sure if William Carlson had gotten a stick on that one shot that he was eventually credited for. Mm-hmm. However, the the DJ did play "Dancing Queen," so you heard "Dancing Queen" in the background, and then you knew it was a yeah, <laughs> it was a really Carlson goal. Yeah. So, not. I don't have. The, I don't have the pessimism. Yeah, they didn't play as well, but if if you're going to drop a game, it might as well be like this. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I appreciate that call, Peter. Thank you. Um, I. You know, you're going to get kind of more vocal after a loss, I think. Like, that's just human nature. Um, 
certainly more phone calls here on the postgame show. Certainly more, uh, why aren't they going to win 82 games this year? Um, it never happens in hockey. You're not going to go 82-0. and 0. Um, You're 7-0-1 defending a Stanley Cup championship. Like, I'm not really sure I understand the pessimism either, but you know what? You do hope that they play better tomorrow in Los Angeles against Kings. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Tim. Hey, Tim, how you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Yeah, it perhaps wasn't our best game we've played this year by any stretch of the imagination, but I think a positive out of it is uh, I thought that Carlson played a really good game. Not mm-hmm. only did he get two points, but uh, and unfortunately he did get the penalty. But yep. other than that, I thought he played a very, very good game. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Tim, and thanks for the call. I think, again... You know, I mentioned it going into the sh- into the game. William Carlson has been the most consistent and, dare I say, the best forward for the Vegas Golden Knights early on this season, which is great for William Carlson. But but if you're looking at you know an area where you, you want to get more out of certain players, I, I think that you need other guys to kind of wrestle that away from William Carlson. You don't necessarily want your third-line center. And it's reductive to just call William Carlson a third-line center. He's so much more than that, so much more important. But you want other players up the lineup to be your best, most consistent offensive threat um, in, in terms of forward. So I think that that's one area you'll look at if you're the Golden Knights going into tomorrow night's game against the Los Angeles Kings. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in David. Hey, David, how you doing? I'm doing really well, thanks. I just wanted to bring up, I guess, uh, Happy that the Knights got a point out of this, but again, it was a lowly Blackhawks. And, you know, Connor Bedard's 18 year old kid, the team has scored zero goals in the last six periods. Mm-hmm. So I really felt that despite being an actual half season hockey game for a dull game, it was actually pretty good. Um, but one thing I wanted to pitch out I've been living here uh, for eight years now, and I go to as many games as I can. Mm-hmm. But I had friends and family. I'm from Canada originally, but we had aunts and uncles from Chicago up and I complained and I don't know who I'm going to complain to but I've been to 17 stadiums in the National Hockey League and to have two things that really frustrate me is to have like a Stanley Cup champion and then having a $400 buy-in to get into a suite is the only ticket available I guess is a good thing if you own the Vegas Golden Knights mm-hmm. but between the parking and then having a venue, two things that really upset me today, and I didn't notice it was so bad because it's probably the 13th or 14th game I've been to, is the ushers are kicking people out of the stadium and even in front of the parking lot. It's that and having the ability to have uh, a licensed venue that you charge fans that has no view of the ice is an absolute embarrassment to professional hockey. And that's what I'm going to say because like I, I can come from experience because I've been to 17 stadiums, and there's not one in the National Hockey League that has what Vegas offers right now. So I'm kind of disappointed with that, and I, I just hope some other fans feel the same way. Uh, thanks for the call there, David. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm not really sure what to, what to tell you there, to, to be honest. I, we're trying to break the game down, um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that the experience was not uh, what – you know, you were hopeful it would be or, or wanted it to be. Um, that's that's kind of all I can offer you at this point. Uh, sorry sorry to hear that, David. Uh, 702-876-1340 is the number. If you'd like to join us on the other side of the break, it's the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas.
Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Hey, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 4-3 the final. Chicago defeats Vegas in overtime. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Marianne. Hey, Marianne, how you doing? Hi, Ryan. I'm doing fine, and I can't agree with you more. I mean, I cheerleaded, although 50 years ago, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> at Gorman and UNLV, and the home team always wears the light jersey. Yep. I mean, I agree with you. To me, the white has always been my favorite. We just got to get our fans switched over to wearing white. I mean, they could just wear a white T-shirt, you know what I'm saying? They don't have to go out and buy, you know, Golden Knights, you know, jerseys they don't want to, but we've got to follow them. But I still think they ought to be white. As home team, and mm-hmm. I think they look best in white. Anyway, that's my thought on that. <laughs> it helps out if everybody's in the fight anyway. Plus two on the power play. Mm-hmm. I mean, overtime, oh, come on, seriously? I mean, I, I, was wa- I wasn't watching the game on TV. because all I listened to be able to listen to is on the radio. But, I mean, to call William Carlson, our number one power play, you know, person, with the penalty, so he's out. And then what we're against four to two, we did we did absolutely great, and we're still mm-hmm. seven no regulation regulation losses, just you know an overtime loss. So we're still seven zero oh, and one. Yeah, that's how, how much better can you expect, right? Yeah, no, you're you're right on the money there, Marianne. Thanks for the call. Um, you can't get much better outside of winning eight games in a row, right? Like that's that's we're talking about one point, one point, not on the ledger for the Golden Knights out of a, a possible eight, uh, sixteen. So um, I'm with you. It, it was a penalty on William Carlson. I, I will say that um, it's tough, right? Like you play a pretty clean game through sixty. You're you're hopeful that you're not going to get called for anything. But the fact of the matter is. The Golden Knights had four power play opportunities. They could have made this game a lot easier on themselves if they would have converted on one of those power play opportunities. Weren't able to do it. But, again, you're not going to go 82-0. Certainly the Golden Knights aren't going to go 82-0 right now. But they can go 81-0-1. I'm just kidding. Really, I'm just kidding. The fact of the matter is it wasn't the best effort tonight for the Golden Knights. It wasn't their best game. But I expect this team to be dialed in and ready to go tomorrow night in Los Angeles against the Kings. We're back to wrap it up next on the Extended Post Game Show. Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the Extended Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. 4-3 to three the final. Chicago defeats Vegas in overtime. First loss of the year for the defending Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights. Now 7-0-1, 15 out of a possible 16 points on the year. Next in action tomorrow night, 7.30, puck drop in Los Angeles against the Kings. We've talked about it. There's not really much more that needs to be said. It wasn't their game. They didn't play to their standard. They didn't play to their level of execution. Bruce Cassidy said execution was not at an NHL level in this game. Now, it's not effort. It's not effort. I want to be very clear. It's not effort. It was execution. And so for the Golden Knights, it's, it's, a, it's a simple fix, right? It's not always easy because, again, there's, there's two teams on the ice and both of them want to win. You know, Ideally, Chicago wanted to win this game. Um, you have to find that level of execution for longer pockets inside of the game if you're the Golden Knights and a very good Los Angeles team 
should bring that out of Vegas. I'm expecting a lot more from the Golden Knights tomorrow night in L.A. as they continue on this road. That's going to do it for me here on the Extended Post Game Show. Thanks to James Davis down here making sure everything sounds great. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio for keeping us on the air. And thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It's your post game show. It's not as much fun without your calls and your input. Until tomorrow night, have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM at 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.